Hello and welcome back to the Nash and Pine Sports Chat. I am your host, Wilson Times Sports Reporter Andrew Schnitker, and we are back with an action-packed episode of things to talk with you guys about this week. Here with me is sports editor Paul Durham. Paul, it's playoff week for the football. Yeah, it starts this week for all nine teams from the Wilson Times readership area are going to be in the playoffs, and that's hasn't happened in several years. I'd have to go look it up to figure out when that uh, actually was the last time that happened. Actually, that's never happened because Wilson Prep would be the ninth team, and they haven't played football until this year. So this is a first. Yeah, no, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what all happens this weekend. I think, you know, just starting going down the list, I think Hunt has the most interesting potential path of the teams for these first couple rounds because they're starting off with Smithfield-Selma, who's a team that finished second in the Quad County Conference, a team that Hunt had a 10-point fourth-quarter lead against at home um, a couple months ago. And then if they win that game they would potentially go on the road to play CBA Cock, the Quad County champion, which wrapped up its regular season with a loss to Southern Wayne at home. So two potential revenge games on tap for Hunt and two teams that the Warriors were very close to beating uh, early on in conference play when they were still figuring some stuff out. And I think this is a much better Hunt team right now than the one that started conference play a couple months ago. Maybe so, but that Hunt team also lost Friday night to fight 35-28. I mean, you know, Hunt had probably a home game waiting for it in the first round of the playoffs if it just went in and took care of business against Fike. Would have been the seventh win for the Warriors. They didn't, and they got punished by going on the road to Smithfield-Selma with a potential second-round game against Acock. And, And, you know, as they say in The Godfather, Today's the day they settle all family business. The Warriors can settle some business if they take care of Triple S and, and CBA. Assuming CBA even makes it past Triton because they couldn't make it past Southern Wayne last week in the final game of the regular season. That also cost the uh, Golden Falcons um, some seeds. So, yeah, it, it's, you know, things can change. And, you know, it always, you know, the year that Hunt went to its only state championship game in 2004. The Warriors did not win their conference. They lost to Fike in the last regular season game and lost the uh, Big 8 North Conference Championship to Fike, who then lost in the second round of the playoffs, and Hunt went all the way to the state championship, lost to a uh, pretty good Concord team in a very cold, windy day in Winston-Salem, as I remember. But, yeah, I mean, things change. So Hunt has a chance to do something that it didn't take advantage of during the regular season. And not too many teams get afforded those kinds of opportunities. When Hunt was struggling a lot offensively in those first two games against Smithfield, Selma, and CBA Cock, and the Warriors have kind of figured something out there. I mean, even in the loss to Fike on Friday night, they ran for over 300 yards. It was kind of some penalties and some turnovers that did them in, which you absolutely cannot do that in the playoffs. But... Again, you know, like well, like we just said, a very interesting potential path ahead here for the Warriors. Yeah, for sure. A lot more interesting than Fike's path, which is to go to Scotland County for the first time in school history because they've only played one other time, famously. 1984, Fike's number two ranked unbeaten team loses on a punt block 
touchdown by the Scots, who were ranked number four, and uh, and just was one of the most heartbreaking losses uh, probably in Fike history. I was actually standing there watching, as I remember, like it was yesterday, and was surprised to find out that's the only time those teams have played. So, Fike head coach Tom Nelson was a ninth grader at Fike at the time, went to Hunt uh, and graduated from Hunt, but. Uh, he remembers sitting in the stands as a freshman and watching that loss. So he and I both remember uh, that game. Well, you know, it's it's completely fair to ask these kids to uh, atone for something that happened decades before they were born. That's all high school football is right, about. Exactly, yeah. You know, so you're right. They don't know about it, but they'll find out about it now. Well, and I, you know, I think it's interesting because Fike is another team that closed out the season, you know, pretty well. Won that game against Hunt, won three in a row finally got some things going on. I mean, really, you know, it's Tom Nelson's been saying it all season. We've been saying it all season. Fike's a good football team, when, the, especially on the offensive side of the ball with all the playmakers they have, you know, the Joneses of Janiel and Siante and uh, Datavius and, you know, Bud Woodard, when they just hang on to the football, don't turn it over. So if Fike's offense can operate the way it has these last few weeks and especially in that impressive come from behind win over Hunt on Friday night, I think they got a shot here. Well, I mean, Fike's a good football team when they play good. Right. <laughs> it's pretty simple. They don't play good all the time. They've played terrible at times this year. But they've shown that they can play really good, and I think Coach Nelson was you know, kind of pointing that out. Unfortunately, high school football teams aren't consistent usually, so that's why Fike is 5-5 uh, you know, five and five and going on the road to play a pretty good Scotland County team in the first round instead of playing at home or maybe even having a, a chance to play two games at home. And speaking of going on the road, um, Bettingfield's going to have to do that. They're going to have to go down to Clinton to play. First trip to the 2A playoffs for Bettingfield since 2019. Uh, very impressive win for them over Spring Creek last Thursday night. Although, as we said, uh, some pretty bizarre things would have had to happen for Bettingfield to lose that game. They I was did about not... to say, it's not that impressive to beat Spring Creek. No, I'll I mean, salute the Bruins for doing what handle they business. were supposed I mean, to do. It was a, I mean, they basically they didn't mess around. I mean, they needed That's that right. game to solidify their playoff spot, and they went out. I mean, they were up 35 nothing in the, in the first quarter. They, they didn't. You know, they were coming off two straight losses. There wasn't any kind of emotional hangover or anything like that. They handled business. Yeah, and for their prize, they get a trip to Clinton, Sampson County, to face the Dark Horses, who are a traditional power um, and, you know, pretty good this year. So, uh, you know, Benfield's got us work cut out for it on Friday. But, hey, look, you know, the, the Bruins have shown that they, they're willing to go anywhere and play anybody because they haven't been able to play at home all year. So, it, it as Coach Ben Ellis said, hey, that's nothing different from what we've been doing all year, getting on the bus and going somewhere. Well, I think if you look at where Bettingfield is trying is was trying to get as a program going into this year after winning, you know, just that one game on the field last year, not making it to the playoffs, it's you know the coaches and players at Bettingfield aren't going to think of it that in these terms, but you know, given what the Bruins have accomplished this year and the turnaround they've made, it's kind of all gravy at this point. Yeah, it is all gravy, and I'm sure they want to win. But, man, you think about where they were last year at this time and, and what they now have to build on. And, um, you know, they got some kids coming back. So, and you know, Coach Ellis only being his third year. I, you know, maybe Bettingfield. And that conference they're in is eminently winnable. I mean, Princeton's really the only team you have to get by. 
And Princeton's like every other 2A team. We'll see what they look like next year after graduation. Right. You know, you know eventually you, you have one of those years, like look at like Hunt this year, where you yeah. lose so many, you know, key guys off a, off a stellar team. So that's, um, you know, that, that could be coming down the road. I, I remember it wasn't all that long ago. Princeton football was synonymous with just O and O for years. <laughs> um, so, you know, things change, you know, it, it, and they sometimes change year to year. So we'll see what happens with betting field. But there's still some football for the Bruins to play this year. And you look at two uh, teams that have had an impressive season. Wilson Prep, very first season in program history under head coach Philip Dickens. They win eight games. They end up finishing third in that Tar Roanoke Athletic Conference. But they get to start with a home game. They're hosting Perquimans. And if I know one Wilson Prep, that place is going to be rocking on Friday night for that first playoff game in school history. Oh, yeah. Tiger Pride's going to be on parade Friday night. And, you know, that might be the only game they get because they're not guaranteed anything beyond Friday's first-round game as far as a home game. Um, with the seeding, they would – go on the road if, if even if the chalk holds up they'll they wouldn't play at home but you know the thing that you and i talked about and it, they really caught a break in this regard who did they not want to play tar they're not yeah they they wouldn't play tarboro until what the east final, east final. If they get yeah tarboro's up at the top of the bracket and wilson preps down at the bottom is the 10 seat so yeah that worked out pretty good you know you're gonna have to play them but man get a few playoff wins if you got to play uh tarboro in, in the playoffs but there's a Riverside Martin team that's also nine and one, pretty good too. So, you know, it's that that bracket is crazy because the entire Tar Roanoke made it, including Rocky Mount Prep, which is arguably the worst football team, eleven player football team in the NCHSA ranks this year. They only scored one touchdown, I think, all year, and had a forfeit win. But I mean, they are terrible, and yet they're, there they are in the playoffs because they just don't have enough school. So, you know, you might play a really bad team in the second round. You never know. But Wilson Prep's going to – they're going to find out, uh, you know, what they learned early in the year. Don't take anybody for granted, especially not this time of year. So they should plan on treating Perquimans as though they're Tarboro. Well, I'm looking forward to taking in that atmosphere on Friday night. I'm also uh... – I was at Wilson Prep earlier this year taking some pictures, and they were, you know, doing their loudspeaker announcement, as you always hear at a football game for the concession stands, and singing some pretty high praise for their chicken wings and barbecue there. So I might have might have to check that out. And, you know, it, it could be a good little tour for me because I could get that on Friday. And then if uh, Hunt and Acock both take care of business, then I could get myself another Acock cheeseburger for the second round. Well, I am hoping that when football season wraps up and your first full football season here at the Times, you will then entertain us on the Sports Chat one week with a breakdown of top football concession stand items to buy for your enjoyment in this area. I think I, I think we can do that. We, we can make that happen. And, you know, it'll be Wilson Christian basketball season, too. So, as I said, we can talk about their, uh, well, their soft pretzels Well, we have to put some ground well. rules. Well, soft pretzels. I was about to say the hospitality room at the, the Charger Christmas Classics off limits because that's not that's, publicly sold food. But I would put that ahead of anybody, anywhere, anytime. Yeah, that's something right, else entirely. Chargers. We love you. That's something else <laughs> entirely. Um we do have one more uh, actual football game to talk about here, and that's Southern Nash. Uh, Firebirds with a big bounce back last week that they really needed going on the road to Franklinton, 
And, and, and not a bad Franklinton team, no. as it turns out. No, a decent Frank, a solid Franklinton team. Southern Nash goes on the road. They got some people back healthy. They won 53-28. to 28. They kind of, you know, had. The, I was talking to Brian Batchelor, and he was like, you know, We've, been, we've had these weeks where we've been in the position to make these big plays on offense and we just haven't executed. And it's, it, it was that feeling where it was like, if you just get one, the floodgates are kind of going to open. And I think that's what happened for Southern Nash on Friday night. Now all of a sudden the Firebirds have some confidence and some momentum back going into this home playoff game on Friday night. Yeah, the word for Southern Nash's season is bizarre. It's, they have been... I mean, they, they started out great, and then they started losing games. They started getting injuries. They finished fourth in their conference behind a 2A team, and yet they still get a home game in the first round of the playoffs because they won seven games. So it's just going to be it's going to be interesting. But, you know, just like with Hunt, if Southern Nash can win their first-round game, who's waiting for them in the second round more than likely? Northern Nash, That's right? That's right. Northern Nash. And that game was again, you know, we talked about it. It was 27 to 7, but Southern Nash had came up empty on four fourth down conversions in the second half of that game. So it was maybe a little bit closer than the score indicated and I I'm sure that those guys would like to get another crack at their rival. Oh, I think coach Brian Batchelor at Southern Nash he he pointed out the exact same thing you just did. You know, we didn't convert for, you know, and that's why they lost by 20 points. But when you're that close to changing things around, the game could be a lot different, and that, that's his point. If Southern Nash can play a complete game or even a half of a game, they have not even come close to that this year because they've been turning – I mean, dropping the ball eight times a game, even if you get four of them back, you still lost four if you win by 30 points. Think of what you could have done. So that's their biggest problem. It's been their problem all year along with the injuries that they can't control. But, you know, the point is, is if they do get it together, I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't want to play Southern Nash. I, I, if I was uh, Andrew Ferris, the Northern Nash coach, I wouldn't be really happy having play Southern Nash in the second round. No, I mean, a team that knows you, a team that, I mean, let's, a team that hates you, a team that's going to have, I mean, you don't, you don't need extra motivation in the second round of the playoffs. But I think Southern Nash would get some anyway just from playing in that game. Well, I can tell you, if a team's not motivated at this point, they don't belong in the playoffs right. and they won't last long. So however kids and coaches get them motivated, you really should just, you know, it's November, you're still playing football. Right. You but should be happy. But, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's natural that, it, like, a, a game against Northern Nash, no matter if it's playoff or regular season, hits different than a game against White Oak, like. Oh, for sure, especially because they beat White Oak in the first round last year. But I thought that I thought that was right. That, yeah, that's you know that I don't think anybody's complaining about it. You know, it's like you, know, you get a home game, you just take it and go and see what happens. Well, speaking of revenge games, um, last weekend in Burlington, moving over to tennis here, the third time was the charm for the Adkins twins of fight Caroline and Catherine Cap after making it to the. State Final Four in the individual doubles tournament each of the last two years. They made it there again on Saturday. They got to the final, and they found themselves playing the top doubles team from Cape Fear, which was the team, the reigning state champions, that had beaten them in the semifinals the year before, and they beat them. They captured that, you know, that first state championship of their careers, first doubles championship for Fike since 2002, and I mean, knowing you know, knowing how hard that they've worked for this and how much they wanted it, you, you can't help but be happy for them. Yeah, it's a pretty good story. And the, the coolest thing is they get a chance to do it all over again next year. They'll be back for their senior year. 
and they they worked really hard. They, you know, they played soccer when they were little, just like their older sister Logan, and um, sort of focused on tennis um, when they got to high school. And um, you know, I think Catherine and Caroline both would be really good soccer players. I know their sister Logan was a really good soccer player as she was younger at fight. But I mean, you know, all the athleticism goes into tennis. That's that's what happens when you when you combine sweat and talent and everything else that they've got and they win the state championship. Hey, it's it doesn't happen very often for Wilson. We haven't had a whole lot of state champs. Uh, Allie Wall Allie Benton and KK Walston were the uh, the girls that won it twenty years ago. Um, you know, now they're probably in their late thirties. And uh and the, Will Lee Matthews, the fight coach, is still talking about him. So Catherine and Caroline are probably going to be talked about for a long time because I can see in 20 years Lee's still going to be coaching tennis. I don't think Lee's ever going to stop. <laughs> I mean, that's that's going to be just the one constant of Wilson County sports forever is just Lee Matthews coaching fight tennis. Probably so. Probably so. But speaking of Lee and that fight program, I mean, it's not just the Twins. They've really had a special season. Monday... You know, they made it to the uh, third round of the dual-team playoffs Monday. They went to Rocky Mount, and they beat Rocky Mount 7-2, to two, which a big part of the reason for this Fike team's good year as a team is they have so much more depth throughout the lineup. You know, last year they were heavily relying on the Twins, but Monday Caroline lost her singles match, and Fike still wins it 7-2. to two. And now Wednesday, or the you know, the day this podcast drops, the Golden Demons are going to be hosting... Cape Fear at Barton Tennis Complex with a chance to go to the dual team state championship in Burlington on Saturday. Yeah, it's amazing how these the same players keep popping back up in tennis, but that seems like that's how it is every year. You know, the, you see them at the state tournament or the regional, and then you see them in the dual team if your team is still in it. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. I mean, it's it's tough for a 3A team from the East to win tennis, girls' tennis. It just never gets done. There's always so many strong teams from the West. Um, it's it's just a hard thing to do. I mean, Green Central's playing in the 2A um, East Finals as well. But, I mean, they've won state championships. 2A's a little bit different. It's going to be tough for fight. I mean, you know, at this point, you're breathing rarefied air. And you just have to keep going with it. Um, fight's got momentum. Um, let's see what can happen. They get to host it, so we'll see. And who knows? You might be headed to Burlington again Saturday morning, or, or at least this week. Fike will be headed there again if they win. Yeah, I wasn't there last week, but if Fike wins the, tomorrow, I will certainly be headed to Burlington on Saturday. To yeah, we'll definitely go cover that. a tennis team in the state championship. That's, that's not a, an everyday occurrence for Wilson. Yeah, no, that'll uh, that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out for Fike. We had it was kind of this past weekend, you know, it was kind of our private schools state championship palooza uh, on the soccer side of things. Unfortunately, Greenfield lost in the state championship game. Had a one nothing lead at halftime. Lost three to one to Gaston Day, but two A. Yes, two A. First time playing two A, so they didn't care. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they were not. They wanted no, to win. No, but when when I talked to Justin Wilkinson and uh, senior Nathan Lazevsky, there was there was some disappointment in losing that game, but there was also a ton of pride, as there should have been, for what Greenfield right. accomplished in its first year in two A. I mean, they won 18 games. They won their conference. They made it to the state championship game. They were 40 minutes away from winning it all. You know they're they're going to lose some guys from this team, but I, I they've got a lot coming back to, and I think 
there's a lot to build on coming out of this year for there's Greenfield. Always a lot to build on when it comes to boys soccer at Greenfield. They're yeah. they're never gonna be down. If they if they have a bad year, they you know, they lose in the second round of the playoffs and that's pretty rare. So I think with Greenfield they just didn't know what you know, they didn't know. They didn't know what they were gonna stack up against um two A teams because they really don't play that many teams. And the funny thing is in one A, it's not that spread out. There's way more two A teams. So 1A, a lot of times, most of the time, Greenfield's playing a team in the state championship they'd already scheduled early because they already knew who the good teams were going to be, so they scheduled them. It's Grace, uh, Grace Christian of Sanford, you know, um, uh, North Raleigh Christian, I think, one year, or News Christian, I think it was. Um, I get the basketball and the soccer kind of confused. <laughs> but, you know, you're used to seeing these teams, so when it came down to 2A, Gaston Day and I talked to Justin Friday. What do you know? Well, I don't know we don't know anything about them. We've never seen them. We never, you know, they're way on the other side of the state. They're in Gastonia. So it's a little bit different. And I think they were just happy that, you know, they went out there and, and played and were competitive and had a chance to win. And now they know. So I don't think they're going to be um, cool with losing in the 2A final in the future like they were this year. I think they're going to expect to win if they get back there just like they did in 1A. Yeah, no, definitely. I think. Yeah, again, like I said, there's there's a lot to build on, and you know you said it's they're really never down. Speaking of teams that are never down, Wilson Christian Volleyball comes up with a back-to-back state championships this weekend. You got a chance to talk with them on Saturday. Yeah, they were pretty excited. I mean, you know, for Wilson Christian, this this year is they went into this year, they won it last year. They had to know that they're in their association. There were going to be some tough matches. But if they took care of business, they should take care of business. And to help them do that, Coach Ryan Vanderbilt scheduled all these games against teams outside of the North Carolina Christian School Association. And they lost. They went 17-5. The Lady Chargers were 17-5. All five games, all five matches that they lost were to teams not in the Christian School Association. And when it came down to... You know, playing those games, what do they do Saturday and against uh, Lexington Union Grove Christian in the state final at uh, Wilmington Christian? They lost the first set. No problem. They went out and won the second one 25-12, won the third one 25-16, then fought and won the fourth one 25-23. Boom, over. It would, I mean, maybe a year ago they might have freaked out a little bit more, but, you know, Coach Vanderbilt's got a pretty good group. Um, they're going to miss those four seniors, obviously the two All-State players, Sophia Nesbitt and Jocelyn Bailey, along with Emma Robbins. Um, and um, Kate Hoskins. Kate Hoskins. How can I forget Kate Hoskins? She does it all in every sport she yeah, plays. Say, we've got basketball season yeah, coming yeah. up. You're definitely not going to forget Kate Momentary Hoskins. lapse there, Kate. I was about to say Izzy because Izzy was the uh, all-region Izzy Barnes, but she's just a junior. She'll be back with Gracie Farmer. I mean, they're they're going to keep winning volleyball over there. They had a little gap in uh, in state championships, but um, you know, they're never going to not be good in volleyball. Wilson Christian. It's while we wrap up for this week again, another volleyball team. Speaking of, you know, we talked quite a bit about Hunt. You know, trying to get past that third round, which they did last week. They ended up getting to the fourth round, uh, losing to Cedar Ridge on the road on Saturday, but I mean that's a really good Cedar Ridge team and I think Defending State Champions. Yeah. And you know number two seed. Yeah. And we again we talked about this, you know, again and again that 
moving past the third round would be a really good accomplishment for this Hunt team, and I think they have a lot to be proud of coming out of this year. Yeah, they, and you know they knew it was. I, I think it was like I said, an era, an aura of uh, inevitability that you know they were going to go give it their best. I think Coach Tiffany Rose a little disappointed that they did not. Um, win the third game they only lost 25-23 she was really hoping to win one set and you know get to a fourth or you know see what would happen um and but it's look man the these teams like Cedar Ridge the state championship qual- uh, quality team I mean it's just a lot different from what Hunt's used to what we're used to in Wilson playing so I thought it was pretty amazing that senior Alex Alexandra Williams got her thousandth kill she only played four years of high school volleyball she had a thousand kills that's a lot that's impressive yeah Yeah, that is very impressive so she got that and you know and so it it ended sort of the way hunt figured it probably would i think they squeezed as much as they could out of this season out of any season i just don't know if wilson's ready to make the step up in terms of you know competing at the state championship level in, in high school volleyball but man it was pretty cool to see hunt do what they did this year and Alex is a special player, but you know she's going to graduate. But there's other players that have come through Hunt, and um, you know Hunt's been good in volleyball for a number of years before Coach Rowe got there. Um, Whitney Way was there. I mean, it, it just it goes on and on. So they've done well for a while. They'll probably keep doing well in the conference. It's just going to take some more special players like Alex and some of the girls that are playing there now. Um, if they can get a lot of those girls on, on one team at the same time, like their soccer team kind of came together last spring, who knows? Maybe Hunt can. But I think I would say Hunt's probably more likely to win a girls' soccer state championship before they win volleyball. I think I think you know we're jumping the gun here, but you know we get into the spring. I think it's there could be a Hunt girls' soccer state championship in our near future. Well, I mean they've got the players to do it. It's just a matter of getting it done. Yeah, I think so. But speaking of getting it done, I think we have gotten it done for this week's podcast. We will be back with you guys next week. A lot more to talk about. We'll have this first round of football playoffs to wrap up. We can hear the basketballs dribbling yeah, right say, now. Before too long, we will be talking about basketball in this podcast. I actually, spoiler alert, did some interviews for the first of our basketball season previews today. So that is in, in the near future as well. As is next week's episode, we will be back talking with you guys next week. Again, you can find this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Amazon, etc. And again, I just want to thank everyone for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Goodbye!